Welcome to Cat Chat. Seriously. Welcome to the Rush Podcast Network. You are listening to Cap Chat Live, Cap Chat Live, Cap Chat Live from the United Soccer Coaches Convention in Philadelphia on Podcast Row. Here is your host, Josh Tyler. And that was uh, Harrison's voice. Uh, he, he always starts every Cap Chat. Welcome to Cap Chat. I think he was four years old and recorded that. So, uh, Hey, we're here, Podcast Row, uh, presented by Productive Recruit. Um, so we're we're appreciative for them. Uh, we are setting with the uh, legendary to me, but uh, Chris P, um, who is Virginia Rush, and here presenting. Uh, he was the grassroots director and is a wealth of knowledge uh, for me, especially in the youth game. Um, and actually, here presenting on the uh, the the status of youth soccer really the landscape of youth soccer which um i think we may open a, a can of worms with that today uh but that's uh so anyway th- thanks for uh always good to, to chat with you and i know we, we talk a lot off and offline so um but welcome yeah uh so let's i want to dive right into you, you, you talk about youth games so what's the I know last night, I think you said there's, there's three pillars. That, there's so, three yeah. so, yeah, it's uh, club development, player development, coach, education. You got to get a little closer to the mic there. You can have it. It's all on the side here. All right, so three buckets, Sherwood. Yeah. The, what are the three buckets now? Club development. Club development. Player development and coach education. Okay. Now, all equally important, I'm assuming. Yeah, of course. Okay. So what so what is the, the the landscape of youth soccer right now? So obviously you've got different leagues. Yeah. Right. Um, so they're battling you've got different coaching bodies. Mm-hmm. For example, yes, yes, um, which of course operate and run leagues. And then you've got, you know, clubs and you've got uh, you, you know, you've got how everything fits into that, right? So you've got your markets. Mm-hmm. Where you're at, you've got your neighboring clubs. Are they in the same league or in different leagues and so on and so forth? So, um, you know, what we'll talk about tomorrow in our presentation is, is not just the, how it contrasts, but where there is some collaboration and cooperative. So, you know, we're looking at it from a standpoint of, okay, if I can develop my club and I can help the neighboring club around me develop yeah. We've made the game better. So the whole aspect is looking at it. How can we align more things? How can we mend fences and build bridges to make sure that the kids who are the recipients of what we're doing have a better experience? You make that sound so easy. I mean, <laughs> that, seems, uh, that seems to be an uphill battle um, with that. No, but- yeah, so, it, you know, it, it's as easy as you want to make it. But I think the more people can get in the same room and talk, yeah. Um, you know, I think the end goal becomes the same. Everybody wants to have a better environment for players um, and how we go about that. Everybody, you know, people are going to club. It's just for the sure. way it is. Um, but I think the, the more you can get your message out and the more clear and concise your message is, the simpler things become. So, for example, our neighboring club, 
as the East Nam National League within the East Nam region. Mm -hmm. So, are you selling leagues? Or are you selling experiences? Are you selling? Um, are you providing environments that make players want to stay in the environment you're providing? So, you know, you can't just say it. There's got to be things that you do to make sure that things are happening. So, as a club, when I mean, you talk about that, it is what are things that they have to do? Um, you know, how do you? How are you trying to bridge these gaps? Because I mean, there are so many. I think egos is probably the, the, the in, in the club game. Um, ego, uh, probably, tr probably true. Yeah, misuses of power and so on and so forth. I think it's you know you're asking what can we do. I think sometimes you've got to put down our swords and you've got to look at what is the end goal, mm -hmm. what is the things that we are trying to do. So. Some clubs might say, listen, our goal is to win a national championship and get seven players into the professional ranks. Others might say, well, no, our goal is to have children involved and become lifelong engaged participants in the sport, mm -hmm. um, whether that's through refereeing, whether that's through playing, whether it's through playing as adults, whether it's coaching, whether it's being a doctor within the sport. Um, but just really trying to map out what it is you are and what it is you stand for. Um, how do we make the core values uh, a living, breathing thing as opposed to just something that we have on the wall or on paper? Um, so just looking at ways that we can bring those things to life and give kids some character traits that they're going to do yeah. things carry them through. Because, I mean, it, it's easy to say because it ultimately is for the kids. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I know you obviously personally that your heart, is is enormous and and i think you're an incredible component uh, you know for, for the youth game and um and i think if if everyone's heart was in the right place yeah that's all that's 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 the balance in that but your your heart's in the right place yeah, and it's a, you, you right away when you meet you you know like you just like that guy his heart's in the right place and and but i don't know if you can say the same for everyone you know i like to give people the benefit of the doubt yeah you know, i don't think anybody's in the in the sport soccer or the youth game to mess up kids. I think their goal is to provide something. They just believe that how they provide it is a little bit different. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I don't, you know, I think people's heart is in the right place, but sometimes what's delivered, the intent, you know, can be a little bit different. You know? but again, I don't think anybody's coming from a place of, no, I'm going to do this to mess up. I would agree with that. I hope, hopefully. So. No, yeah, hopefully, right? But then it's getting to a stage where if we see that yeah. and that's happening, you know, as coaches, as people, do we, do we pull that out? Yeah. You know, because children have a right to be protected and we need to uh, ensure their rights. Um, and you've heard me say this many times, Josh, but children get one childhood mm -hmm. and it really is our job as coaches to make that childhood as memorable as possible. So training sessions um, that kids attend, should feel like Christmas or their birthday, right? They should be happy. There should be happiness. There should be joy. Um, there should be fun, right? But there should also be learning. Mm -hmm. There should be hard work. There should be engagement. Um, but we want to keep them coming back as often as possible, right? And because of the environment we've created or tried to create, then they'll keep coming back. Well, I think people sometimes associate, well, if you have fun, you, you, it's, it's one or the other. No, you can do both. Yeah, like, so yeah. I've just been watching the... Uh, Man City series on YouTube and also the Arsenal and mm -hmm. Amazon. But if you look, right, it's about people 
and even the Arsenal players, professional players, there's fun, there's banter. Mm -hmm. um, fun has to be present because it's proven that when somebody enjoys doing something, they're likely to carry on doing it. Yeah. Right? So if there's a struggle, um, they still find that joy within, you know, and keep going. So yeah. I think that's what we've got to be cognizant of to provide those environments. And I'm not just saying, you know, playing tag. Um, and that's it. But what I'm saying is, is you can play tag. There can be a competitive element in mm -hmm. there, just like in the in the things that we expect from our uh, coaching decisions and um, reading cues. Um, it can be competitive, but it's fun. Yeah, there's movement involved, which is critical skills. Of now, kids are um, managing time and space, which is essentially every sport we deal with. Right? Yeah, how do I manage that time and space that we have? You know. So, so how has the game, how has the landscape of youth soccer changed? Let's just maybe even look at five years. Like, yeah, Listen, so just coming to this convention, right, um, far more female coaches here. Which is brilliant. Year than five yes. years ago. Yes. Five years ago. I think more people are getting educated. There's been a change in U.S., uh, the Federation, with the grassroots licenses, mm -hmm. the way those things are done, the way people, there's now coach-educated developers. So now I'm not just... Um, sent as a coach educated developer to say, hey, go teach these courses. There's a, there's a support system per se. That's on the coaching ed side, right? From the club, club development standpoint, look at some of the stuff that our coaching ed department mm -hmm. and Pablo have put together with the curriculums, the rush way, um, the sessions and stuff like that. So there's, there's resources. There's resources there. So that's another way it's changed. Has it changed for players? Um, I think that's, that's a question I think we need to maybe dig deeper on how has it changed for players? I think you'd have to ask kids how you feel the game has changed for yeah. them, right? Um, voice, choice, journey. You've got to hear their voice. Voice, choice, journey. You've got to give them choice, and this is their journey. So essentially, we have to prepare kids for their World Cup, right? Not prepare the kids for the World Cup. Yeah. We have to prepare kids for their World Cup, and their World Cup can be something different. Right, Harrison and Muscles could be playing in their World Cup as a U10, right, or a U12, mm -hmm. right? But that's their World Cup. So, you know, everybody's on a different journey. Um, it's our job to guide the journey as educators, yeah. as coaches, um, and make sure that that journey has a variety of stuff, whether it's a little bit of adversity, whether it's a lot of learning, a lot of joy, struggles, mm -hmm. which is also important. Um, but you know, we got to put the ball more in kids' courts. And I'm not just saying roll out the ball and let them play. Right. Um, but give them voice choice journey. Right? It's their journey. We've got to hear their voice. And it's also their choice. Yeah, so. and there's going to be a movement coming out, um, which I've heard of. Uh, and I'm a little bit ahead of it. Just uh, in England, and there's some governing bodies that are going to start coming in. And it's kids first, basically. Children first. Um, and protecting the rights of children, upholding the rights of children to have voice choice journey, to participate, to participate without being berated, to participate on their own terms. Um, so iCoachKids.eu has done some work around mm -hmm. that, and there's a pledge. Um, you know, so just there's going to be some exciting things, and I, you know, I think we need to be at the cutting edge of things. And, yeah, now, and it's, once they're... I think it was in England somewhere that they, they did an entire weekend of, of no coaching, no noise. Am I dreaming that? Am I making that up? But it was like a like no no completely silent. Yeah, I'm not familiar. 
uh, with that and if it happened in England, Josh, I can tell you we've done silent sidelines a few times. Um, we've also taken lollipop suckers and if parents have been too vocal, we've given it to, to the parents. Um, and it's amazing. Some kids like it because they can hear each other talk. Some kids don't like it because it's eerie, right? Yeah. It's an eerie silence, you know. Um, but I think if you do it a couple of times, they get used to it. Um, there's a club in England called Salisbury Rovers run by a lady called Debbie Sayers. And they are very big in the beliefs of free play and free movement um, and vertical integration all the kids playing with the younger kids, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've just had two players signed to Premier League clubs. Um, and there's another person out of here called Joy of the People, Ted Croatan, and he's based in Minnesota. And it's basically all Jogger Bonito free play. And he's just had his first kid come through that program signed for, for the MLS. So there's some, some merits to the free play stuff. Um, and of course, you know, I think there's, I think what, what's really needed is a, is a sampling of everything. You can't just go with one methodology. At some stage, I think the methodologies intersect, intersect um, and have commonalities, but there are differences in some of the things. So when you say the, the, the club is free play, does that mean, are you saying their entire, like there's, yeah. there's not structured training, it's just, yeah. I'm going to so, come out yeah, and watch you play? Yeah, Ted Croatan, uh, Joy of the People, um, who we had on the webinar a couple of times when I was running the webinars, he is completely free play. Free play is what they do. Hmm. I guess on the, on the on the flip side of that, though, it, I guess if they keep playing, they learn the game themselves. Um, so the coaches don't do any kind of coaching. The coaches are facilitators there at Ted's place. And, you know, I think, you know, he'd be a great person to get on and yeah. get further information from. But, um, but there's, you know, play, you know, when you look at PRJ's work and you look at some of the theories behind kids and going up, mm-hmm. like, play is huge, right? Um, think about, if you just think about your memories as a child, and think about when you were just lost and immersed in play, mm-hmm. right? You forgot how hungry you were, right? You forgot you needed to go to the bathroom, yeah. right? You were just immersed in play. And I think sometimes, even as adults, we need to play more, mm-hmm. right? I think we lose that playful element, you know, um, joy, smiling, laughter, um, doing things we really enjoy. And if you look at kids at a very young age, um, kindergarten kids, for example, you know, if you go into a kindergarten class, I know Emily, your life teaches, and you ask, the kids who's created everybody's hand goes up now fast forward there are seniors in high school if you ask a child a senior in high school how many of you are creative not many of their hands go up right so along the way i think there's moments where we knock out the creativity of kids because of our structures and rigidity um everything's rigid um and we take you know we are always constructing their environments that they're in. You know? So sometimes, you know, just next time you go past the park, don't stop for too long. Uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, but, but just look at the, the sheer joy, yeah. right, that's yeah. going through. And it's not led by adults, you know. Now, I don't want people to mistake and and say again, right, I reiterate, we're not just throwing the ball out and letting them play. Because as a coach, we do have a role, right? And the environments that we construct are based on, Who's in front of us? What what are their needs? Not do what what do I need to teach them, right? And we still have a role. The coach still has a role, right? Um, you know, so there, there's a time for structure. There's a time for unstructure. There's a what's needed is a, a smorgasbord, right? Yeah. As opposed to just one approach, as opposed to another. But with the free play, game intelligence, you know, 
that improves. Um, if I'm, you know, I think the quote is, is a good teacher will tell you where to look. A great teacher will help you what to see, you know, and I may have that quote a little bit wrong, right? So it's our job to set up the environments and it can't be like a, hey, what do you see? And it's like a where's Waldo picture, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so we've got to become more skilled in helping them, you know, how many coaches set up an activity, step back, observe the activity, observe the behaviors, and then step back one more time and are looking at the eyes to see where the player is scanning, right? So I don't know how many do that, right? A lot sometimes jump in, get them in, here's what we're doing, yeah. you, you know what I mean? So, and, I, and I'm not suggesting one's right or wrong, for sure. but what is needed is a blend and a balance of both. Yeah, yeah. And I think, I mean, I mean you know, I think one of the things with the rush way is, you know, the ball we need to be moving 75% of the time. Yeah, 70% of the time. And, and I, I've really, I've started with a stopwatch. Because it will help because we over talk. I mean, this is what we do. I mean, I talk half my life, you know, <laughs> I've been sitting here, but is, and that's really helped me because, you know, I don't need to over talk. And, and I hit my stopwatch and I'm like, and I make sure I hit it. Um, I try to hit it almost every single training and I let parents know in advance. So you, you, you're timing the 70% rolling, is that what you're saying? Yeah, the, yeah, the, the, the ball okay. moving and how many times. And then it, what it has forced me to do is not stop play as much mm -hmm. not that I stop so now you have to think about correct being intentional right so now you're becoming more intentional right which is huge right so the other question i would ask is when you are stopping or making an intervention is it less than 90 seconds can it be less than 90 seconds can we find different tools in our coaching mm -hmm. toolkit to, to whether coach over the top is it a natural stoppage um and i think some of the tendencies josh that we have as coaches is we like to go um I think we like to go a mile wide and an inch deep, but I think what we really need to focus on doing is going an inch wide and a mile deep. Do you know what I mean? So there might be 72 things going wrong within that session. Yeah. You can't fix all 72. Pick two. Yeah. Pick two, you know? So I, I just think we need to be more mindful and intentional. And that goes back to session planning. Mm -hmm. Again, tied to who's in front of us, you know, um, what am I noticing? What are they doing? How's it, you know what I mean? So there's a myriad of things that lend into your environment. Right? Yeah. No, I've taken, I've taken a lot of you because I'm not, you know, now I'm coaching Harrison's team. You know, I was I jokingly saying I went from college to 2010 boy, 2012 boys, but I've taken a lot from you. It's just the, the, you know, how, how do you run a session? How do you communicate with parents? Cause that's something I've never had to do. I, I went to college game pretty quick and I don't, not that I don't like parents, but, um, so I've become a very, because I know I have to explain to the parents because I want them on board, you know, because I know we've talked about sideline behavior and, yeah. um, you know, the question people, I was talking to someone yesterday in the, in the podcast, and it's, we always blame the parents, but we haven't taught the parents. And so I've been this year, especially with Harrison's team, is I'm teaching the parents, which has been, I've had no issues with parents, yeah. not, not a single mad parent. Um, we've laid our standards out and I, and I, and I tell them, here's what we're working on this week. Um, so they can cheer for that. How, how do you do that, Josh? How do you do that? Do you do it via email? Do you do it in person? Do you do, how, how do you do it? So that one I do, well, email or, or a group. Um, you know, group yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and so I don't see them in person a lot. So I will send that recession. Um, and, and I'll say this is what we're working on. So I'll, I'll send them an email and say, okay, hey, this week, for example, we're going we're gonna to work on building from the back. And so this game Sunday, we're going to build from the back, and we're probably going to score. But when they do it successfully, 
let's let's cheer. You know, we're really, you know, can we, you know, we call it the magic V. I, I think I learned that from Damian, maybe, but, you know, can we play back? And if we do that and switch the field, let's all cheer. Now, they're going to play backwards and probably mess up and may roll their own goal. Yeah. Uh, so I send, I send that via email. Uh, it is just to keep them over communicating. So a little thing I heard, I've not implemented yet, but it, two things, right? So we do, a, and we used it, actually, we've implemented this. We do a session bingo. Right, so there's little 16 pointers that I give to my coaches, um, to our coaches who are training our winter program, and I ask them to, um, can you, how many of these things can you hit off in the session window? All rolling 70% of the time. Have you greeted the kids on arrival departure? Mm -hmm. High fives. Um, have you done a rush cheer at the end? So the little things, right? Um, did you positively uh, affect somebody's environment? So what you're talking about, right, is if you had like a bingo punch card, like just like we're wearing here at the convention, mm -hmm. and you had on there the amount of times we switch play, da, 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 and you gave it to the parents and they had a clicker. So now you've got parents looking at that. Oh, anyway. You can compare that. So now at the end of your game, Josh, right, you can go over, you can talk to the players, talk to the children. Behind them are the parents. And then you could have, you know, whether it's every parent that has it, but now you've got a little bingo card. Um, I noticed my kid doing something positive to help the opponent just little things yeah. that um embody our values right humility and so on and so forth um i, I just think it embodies these uh characteristics that kids will carry through through life with them, you know um little thing that i like to do is uh we, we call it the sugar shaker right who was your sugar shaker today who made in other words who made the game sweeter for you, Why? <laughs> you know, so now now kids are um thinking about you know that so yeah. like just being here josh right you think about this and you think about the people we see and how many people see well who made your convention a little sweeter for you because you had that interaction mm -hmm. where you took that time and stuff like that and it's all about, at the end of the day i think it's a, it's about relationships it's about how you maintain those relationships it's about how do you clearly and concisely communicate your message yeah and 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 the message is in it's incredible how many people can't communicate you know, and, and don't know how, maybe they don't want to, I don't know. Um, you know, so yeah, I like, I like the bingo card. That, that, I you yeah, I do. I do like that. The one thing I, it's I not copyrighted, so you're okay. I, we'll call it something else. We'll call it the, the rushing go. Yeah. Ringo. The, ring, the ringo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. One of the things I have taken from you, well, I've taken a lot from you, um, is, is, uh, making sure you ask your players. Cause I think you came to the state cup games. I can't remember, but you, you, like, how do you, you, you I've changed my warmups, you know, and then making sure I, I talk to every player um, and ask about their days and stuff like that, because that, you know, and that, that's actually changed. Not that I never cared about players, but now I want to know. And in and, and that thought process have changed. Like I need to make sure I talk to every kid. Uh, it's a little easier with older players because there's built in stretching time. Yeah. Younger kids don't stretch as much as they should, but that, that's changed the way I look, I look at the players too. Yeah. So I think, there's an, there's an old Greek saying, and the Greek saying is, and the translation is, you, you learn the truth from a child or a crazy person. And the truth is, is a child doesn't know any difference, so they're going to give it to you through their lens, and a crazy person is crazy, so they're going to give it to you anyway. Right? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, when we interact with children, younger ages, you might hear some funny things, but, you know, it's, it's the, their lens, it's their world. And uh, if we remember being their age, like I said, immersed in play, 
big time teams. And I'm sure, like, with uh, Muscles' team, I'm sure they're like, what do you mean practice is over? You know, so if we've yeah. created an environment for sure that they're sad to leave, but they're excited to come back, then we're doing that job. I got to tell you, a, a proud dad moment for me is the boys are playing in an indoor league. Um, and so they're actually playing the night. Imla's coaching. Yeah. And then Jackson, uh, for those who know Jackson, my oldest, is, is not a soccer player, but has an engineer mind. And so he's helping Imla coach. He wants to yeah. so. so, you know, Harris and I play a lot. We explain the game quite a bit. And we we were talking about, so I drew on the board for Jackson. Like, here's, here's how we play. And Harrison took over. And was talking, like, you know, if our outside back comes up, this player holds, and this is why you have to check in. Matthew plays box to box. And I was like, I was just awestruck. I was like, that is so. It, it was this coaching use game for me sometimes can be is frustrating because uh, I don't have the patience always that, that I, I need. But it was it was it was such a proud moment as a coach and as a player to see Harrison explaining it, and his maybe like he he is listening to me, you know. He, he, and that was a good that was neat that he was drawing it out. And, um, it was really cool. No, but and that's good though. But I think two things there, right? You've identified that Harrison knew what was going on, and you said he, he does listen to me. So kids listen with their eyes as well. So they watch us. Yeah. Okay. They listen with their eyes. Um, I saw your face go a little there. So when they're, if we're talking about um, respect, but we're yelling at the referee, mm -hmm. you know, how can I, you know? So the other thing was is you've identified for yourself there, Josh. Something as a coach that you need to work on with the young ladies, right? I need to be more patient. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah. So, but I think when you talk to most coaches who have children, we're probably least patient with our own children, mm -hmm. right? So, again, it's identifying those little gaps and then working out how do we close those gaps. You know what I mean? Um, and voice, choice, journey, right? I like That's that one. you got to remember. Yeah. Voice, choice, journey. Yeah. Because kids, I mean, they're just, they're, they're fasting and they are, I mean, they see the world so differently. And, to like just full of joy they see the world and they're happy and it's um yeah it's tough you know but um your voice choice yeah I, I like that i like that um so anyway but that's uh so what else on the youth landscape i'm, I'm gonna say a bold prediction here i'm gonna so now i can actually put it in and i can record this here's my prediction with the youth landscape i think that USYS is going to start their own club system. They already have, right? E64, MLS Next, it's all under USYS. But I mean, they're, like, they're actually like a rush. They're going to be a club. Okay. And the US Youth Soccer, you think, will have a club? Yeah, and here's why I think, is because they're doing a lot of the same things. You know, they're, they roll out their own university platform. They're doing their own mental health now. Things that we at Rush are doing as a club. And I, they have so many, they got their fingers in, which is good. There's a lot of those smaller clubs that are playing 64. Overnight, they could say, we're going to be a club. I, I don't know. I mean, United FC. Yeah. And they would probably have 100 clubs. That's my, that's my bold prediction on, I think, within the next couple of years. I think they're, I have no basis to it. Yeah. There's no, nothing that, that, I've, that I've heard or seen. But I think, I think that in the next couple of years, I, I think that's the direction they're going. I don't know. I don't know what you think of that. <laughs> I think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you smirking like you know something? I don't know. No, I'm smirking at the boys over there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bates over there for, for PA Rush. Yeah. So, but yeah, so I'm going to play. We're going to play rapid fire. Okay. Um, and then he thinks he's funny. And, and Get ready for rapid fire. Nike or Adidas? 
Adios. Nice. Number one YouTube. No one's gotten this right there. But the, what is the number one most watched uh, video on YouTube in the world? Baby shark does it done? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cake or pie? Oof. Apple pie. Ooh. Okay. Uh, favorite ice cream flavor? Pistachio gelato. Oh. Awesome. I love pistachios, but I don't like pistachio ice cream. Uh, favorite candy? Uh, Cadbury's chocolate. Uh, that's second. Uh, the guy. That's an English thing. Yeah. Um, soccer or football? Football. If you had to choose one thing to have, would you choose indoor plumbing or electricity? Electricity. Everyone yesterday said plumbing. Today, everyone's electricity. So, um, cats or dogs? Cats. Favorite cereal? Weetabix. Interesting. Okay. Weetabix? Yeah. Who's going to win the English Premier League? I think Arsenal could be yes. another shout this year. Yes. I think. I think. Yeah. Hard to say. There you go. Rapid fire. Uh, but yeah, thanks for always. I mean, I always love chatting with you. I'll chat with you for hours. And, and, uh, I, I love what you do. I love your I love your thought process, and um, I wish more people had your heart for the game because you do. It is contagious. You see, he's minute you meet you, you know this guy just has the heart for it, and um, it's 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 a passion. And so, um, you know, our, our lives always cross. And I yeah, hope maybe, maybe one day we're gonna live in the same town. We're, 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 you should probably tell how we met. You know, in Chicago. <laughs> no, we won't do that. Crispy took care of me, and uh, I was just talking about that. Uh, here's a funny story that. So Jesse, our Capelli royal guy, Capelli, when that 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 release party, Jesse, as he was there for two weeks, one of the models that we had to for the uniform release didn't show up, so he was there for two weeks. They made him so he's in. If you go back, he said you go back and look at he's in the the uniform release as a kid because he's I mean, so anyway. I thought that's kind of funny. But yeah, that was my circle. Yeah, yeah. small world, right? It it is it is it, it is it connects us all in many many. Yeah, it, it is, and that's what these, these these weekends are fun. So, uh, well, Chris P, everyone. So again, we uh, productive recruit today is presented by Chris P's in a class tomorrow. With grassroots and the, the landscape of, of youth soccer, and um, so again, we we just uh, we appreciate having you, my friend. Yeah, thank you. Mark. All right.